0: Welcome to the Art Within podcast, hosted by filmmakers Houston Coley and Nate Shepard. This is season one, cultivating community in the digital era. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art Within podcast. We are here for episode seven. I'm getting it right this week. Not even questioning it. This is not me questioning it. It's episode seven. (laughs) And we're here this week to talk about getting people to show up for stuff. That's... This is like one of my favorite titles for an episode because I'm like it's so straightforward and it's it's been like in the air for us and for a while.
1: I was gonna ask if you were actually gonna title it that because it's like the you know the the virtue of proximal proximal living and all these like you know <laughs> esoteric titles and then how do you get people to come to things you know. <laughs> And that's the, probably this is the one, the episode that's going to be the most popular because I do think this is a fairly universal experience right now.
0: That's true. So, I might uh, even put an apostrophe after after getting, getting people to getting, show up for stuff. <laughs> it just needs to feel as casual and relatable as possible. I know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's as, as I've indicated already, it's, it's, it seems like a pretty common issue, a common challenge, certainly for artists, trying to get people to come to events and things like that. But just in general, like getting people to come over to your house, whatever. But this is actually, uh, I think, something that you've kind of driving this conversation a little bit more as far as uh, you put a question out on Twitter. I put a question on my social media and got uh, three responses after quite a while. So there was one of those times where I was like, how do I get people to show up to answering my question on social (laughs) media? But it sounds like you were able to actually get quite a bit more engagement with it. And so uh, maybe we can just start there of just what was the question you asked? What were some of the answers you got and some patterns that emerged as a result?
0: Yeah, I think I knew that this would be a question that people would find some relatability in because I think even as we've talked about other things, like, I guess maybe it started with the episode that we did about the Inklings and creative collaboration and that sort of thing. Like, one of the most common things that I would hear people say was, well, yeah, I'd like to have creative community, but no one ever shows up for things. Or it's hard mm-hmm. to get people to, to you know, make it in their schedule to do something like that. So I asked it directly this week. I said, what's been your experience with gathering people to do something together, like a creative project or a regular group or a party? Has it been difficult to get people to show up? What's some stuff you've observed or learned? And I got a lot of the same kind of thoughts from people. One person, Kingly, said, I had to learn that people do want to do things. They are just equally scared or unmotivated to do the planning. You have to reach out first, even if you were introverted and uncomfortable with that, like I was. Once you cross that boundary, it's a little easier to connect. Another person said, uh, Jordan, hell, film I'm working on now is tough. Getting people to volunteer their time for a creative project is super difficult. But once you get a few re- reoccurring people, it can be a lot easier. One person said, Tucker, he said, I learned that I never want to do it again. And I was like, Hmm. dang, sorry to hear it. What happened? And he said, I'm not demanding enough, I guess. People don't want to listen. I'm being dramatic, of course. I'm going to do it again. But not wanting to do it again is a natural part of the process, I think. Hmm. Got a lot of uh, Nicholas said, extremely difficult, almost never works. Uh, Ben said, for me, it's a real pain. I'll try to get some people together for film or something or have a game night But despite the initial enthusiasm, I find people often flake out at the last moment. Hmm. Hunter said groups are tough, but getting one person to hang out regularly is pretty easy. I think the trick is spontaneity. Planning takes work and scheduling. Grabbing a random group of people when you're all free is fun and saves friends from a day full of nothing. Someone will always last minute cancel, says Christian. That that seems to be a recurring thing that people say is is people always cancel at the last minute. Hash (laughs) Hash Brown Prince says... I am in a weekly D&D campaign for over two years now, a regular group of people gathering up every Sunday with very occasional breaks for when the DM has exams or COVID. People are very committed and essentially busy every Sunday night. Around a year ago, I joined another campaign where we play once every two weeks, but it's also regular and ongoing. I've had a great time with both of these, but people have been giving me weird looks a la, what do you mean these days are booked for years in advance? The most important thing for those kind of things to go smoothly in my experience is just make sure everyone has around the same level of commitment, Hmm. which seemed to be something other people struggle with. Like, how do do I find people who have that level of commitment? And then Hmm. I thought this one was just interesting. This is from Dylan Storm. I thought this was maybe the most practical tip. He said, for social stuff, I found people are way less likely to respond if an invite is in a group chat. A lot of my friends don't like being the first to respond yes or no for some reason. So I just message them individually and tell them who else I've invited. I thought mm. that one was particularly interesting because I, I found that true in my experience too. And I also don't always respond in group texts. <laughs> you know, it, it feels <laughs> like sort of a, I don't know, it, there's sort of that sense of like, well, someone else will get to it type of thing. Right. So, yeah, I, I think in general, there was this feeling of, as you would As you would think, people have a hard time getting people to commit. It feels like it's difficult to find any sense of regularity with with Mm. community or with groups. And there also is a dichotomy. And this is maybe something that will be interesting to see how we which one we're addressing more in this episode, because some people were talking more about like getting people to help out with their creative projects, like kind of helping like getting Mm. people who can who can volunteer on their film set, help them make their big film or something. And then other people were talking more more about, you know, just regular community, Dungeons and Dragons, that type of thing. So, yeah, fellowship, community for the sake of community. The other thing is more like gathering around a common mm-hmm. project and you're kind of giving them a job that they have to do and probably not paying them for it either. And so there's like a sense of like volunteering and all that right. stuff. So I, I think those are two almost different conversations to have. We can probably mm-hmm. address both a little bit. But yeah, that's that's some of the stuff that I picked up. Yeah,
1: I think that probably for the sake of this particular conversation, focusing more on the just the community for the sake of community yeah. makes sense. Partially because at least in my case, I don't have a whole lot of experience on getting people. Like I'm actually right now trying to move from doing everything myself into collaborating with others. And again, you know, our other episode on creative collaboration, I think, talks more about that anyway. But I yeah. think sort of the the focus of this conversation, I think, is more of a, okay, we all are living in this digital era, this digital age, And we all want to be together on some level. Maybe I'm making a blanket Mm. statement. I'm sure there are people out there that are like, I don't want to be together with people. That's fine. (laughs) But a lot of us feel this tension. I think this is a, again, you know, you're reading through all of these answers and every one of, I'm sure uh, the majority of people listening, certainly myself, you're like, oh man, that's, you're, you know, you're reading my mail. Like this is literally Mm. every day. feels like. People aren't responding, group chats, people express this initial excitement about something and then it wanes for some reason. You know, I've run into this countless times. So like, um, I I might've mentioned this on the podcast before, but uh, a while ago this past fall, I started a songwriter circle or a song swap, I called it, um, where I invited a bunch of local artist friends to come and share a song or a poem. Doesn't have to be one that you necessarily wrote, but just, you know, give of your, Thoughts and your personhood to our community here, <laughs> and I think the first the first one was really well attended, the second one was also pretty well attended, the third one was like a decent showing, and then it was like it tanked to where then the only it, 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 at at most it would be two people, and then it became where it was just my one friend would come over, <laughs> and he's actually uh, I think he's seventy three, and so he's retired. And so that was some of it was we were able to participate because it was in our home. So despite having little kids, because that's some of it is just stage of life. uh, Definitely uh, those of us who are in the young kids stage of life, we, this is like, you know, exacerbated a hundredfold of you just can't participate. You can't go out. You can't do things. You know, you were talking about just before hopping on the call, being invited to go smoke pipes for a bit uh, with a friend (laughs) uh, last minute. And it's like. That's not something I can easily do, you know, and certainly <laughs> both my wife and I can't because we've got little kids at home and they can't yeah. just, you know, we're waking you up and you're coming with me to smoke pipes with my buddies. It's like, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's all these interesting dynamics of, yeah, just trying to to draw people in and over time, even even when you get sort of that initial buzz or that initial excitement it's really difficult to maintain Mm. and and you know i even had one friend you know i just put out on my questions like general thoughts on how to you know event plan and get people to come to stuff and one friend had responded and basically was like i think you're really good at this you know he was saying that he felt like i was really good at this and i'm like that's interesting because i don't feel like i'm good at this (laughs) Um, so his perception is that i do get people to show up and i'm like sometimes And then they stop showing up and then other things. And and in my experience, I think a lot of it is just busyness. Like I feel like we could just talk so much about... Tyranny of the urgent, busyness, our schedules just, we're saying yes to too many things. I think another aspect of this, you know, one of your answers discussed uh, spontaneity, um, which is proximity. So again, our whole episode Mm. on proximal living, it's a lot harder to have that regularity of relationship when you have to hop in a car and drive 20 minutes every single time. Um, But then that sacrosanct, like, I'm, I'm booked out for... For a couple of years you know the, the uh, i guess this is the episode where we talk about smoking but there's a, <laughs> a guys group that i attend that every sunday night you know that somewhere at someone's house there's going to be a group of guys who get together and smoke cigars i don't smoke cigars i don't smoke at all but uh, it's a place i know i can go and there's going to be people there and it's like just as religious if not more religious than church right like <laughs> Mm. You know that these, at least this core group of people is going to be there. It's always going to happen. Even on Easter Sunday, it's always going to wow. happen. <laughs> um, who who actually shows up, it all kind of fluctuates. But there will always at least be two or three people there. Yeah. And the sort of general, there's a group chat that, again, most people don't engage with. And it's kind of a frustrating chat to be a part of sometimes, as every group chat is. But you know it's happening. and And for some of those guys, it's like, it is that, like, well, I'm... I'm booked out on Sunday nights forever, you know, like for the rest <laughs> of my life because this is so valuable and important. And it, I think it's shown in, as the guys have participated uh, and found community, there's been a number of guys who are like, I've never had friends like this before. Mm. And it's, you know, we ha- have deeper conversations, but most of it is just being dumb and saying dumb things and smoking cigars and, yeah. you know, whatever. But even that sort of level of engagement is, is so, it's like we're hungry for that. We're hungry for regularity. We're hungry for the ritual of being around people and knowing there's a place that we can belong, knowing that even if that's not you know, at this heightened level of deep soul connection and spiritual artistic conversation that you know you and I might prefer, but it's really interesting and beautiful. And then one, one other thing I wanna mm-hmm. say, and then I'll hand it back. This is like a bunch of disconnected thoughts, but is that my, my 73-year-old friend who comes over for this quote-unquote group event, we've leaned into, well, uh, Jeff's here, so we're going <laughs> to hang out with Jeff. And I've become really good friends with Jeff. <laughs> yeah. And so and Andrea, my wife has become really good friends with him. So it's this interesting thing where it just opens the pathway. So even when mm. people don't show up, if you lean into the sort of the limitations or the frustrations of getting people together, sometimes there's some unexpected and beautiful things that can happen mm. when you're not so focused on what you thought you wanted to, or, you know, yeah. we, we, we can talk more about that in a minute. But yeah, so that was mm. that was one of the main answers. Most of my other answers were the same. People need lots of reminders. You know, you'd be told a million times. Um, I had one Gen Z person say, uh, people are lazy. I don't know if, millennials would say that or not. Or I was, I found it interesting because it was my niece and she just like had more of a, a, a sort of, like I, I was curious to know if if the younger generation would have a different relationship to some of this mm-hmm. stuff, but it was like, it was kind of the exact same thing of yeah. nobody responds, nobody's showing up, constant reminders, things like that. So there, yeah, I've got other thoughts, but I want to pass it back to you to see. Yeah, it's interesting think.
0: how so much of this intersects with so many of the things that we've talked about in other episodes it it does feel like sort of a nexus point of I mean we've been talking about community for seven episodes now and there's a sense you know there's this proximal living thing there's this consistency thing there's this creative collaboration thing I, I called my old youth pastor this week and I was like I just wanted to ask you what you think about you know how you get people to show up for stuff Uh, His Hmm. name is David Scott, and he's like – he was one of my – is one of my most meaningful mentors in my life. And he and I hadn't talked in a while, and I actually texted him, and then he just called me and was like, hey, I'm driving. I can tell you what I've learned. And I was like, okay. such
1: a classic youth pastor thing. I think my youth pastor did that too. (laughs) I was texting him. I was like, hey, can you share this wisdom? And then he called. Like, what is calling? What is that? Is that a Gen X thing? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I was I was glad to have a conversation with him about it and I part of me was like dang, I should have just gotten him to come on the podcast, but maybe that's a a season 2 thing. Yeah. But he was, I, you know, I was interested because I remember, I mean, I was in youth group and now he has a small church that he runs on his own. And and so much of so much of running a church is getting people to show up for stuff. That's kind All of right. your entire mission, or at least it can be. I, I think good churches have a, have more of a mission than that, but that can be kind of, can feel like that's it's another, the core of it. Yeah, that's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> but he said one thing, he, he gave me a few different things that he had kind of taken away from the last, like, 10 years of doing this. Probably more than 10 years he's been doing this. And he said one thing that he's learned is that people will – they'll show up for low-stakes things, particularly if there is a regular rhythm to them. Hmm. So, like, he has – every Tuesday night, he – it takes a group to go do trivia at this bar nearby the church. And so mm-hmm. it's like and sometimes it's usually it's like mostly people from the church, but then sometimes it's just friends of his that that show up and it's kind of his like regular weekly thing that he's like, hey, it, you know, if you're around this week, show up at the bar, we can you know do trivia this week. And so it's kind of a thing that he can always invite people to. And it's just always Mm going to happen every Tuesday night, no matter what. And it's also very low stakes because of that, because it's like, well, if you can't make it this week, you could make it next week. And it's not like Mm -hmm. a high pressure. We need to have a deep conversation kind of thing. Ironically, he said that in a weird way, church feels to people in his congregation and, and just in his life in general It feels like they see church as something that's very high stakes. Like it's like, oh, I, you know, that that's a big deal if I'm showing up or not showing up or that sort of thing. But ironically, he's had way more people join his church because they start coming to the weekly trivia group than the other way around. And he's had way more people call and apologize to him because they can't make it to trivia but never had anyone ever do that about not making it to church, which I thought was so interesting. And I think there is an element of it that's like there. there's a sense of, at least for me, I've experienced sometimes at church, especially if the church is big enough, you kind of feel like, well, no one will notice if I'm not there. You know, that's not hmm. I, I don't feel like anyone's going to care if I don't show up. But if you've kind of agreed to come to a, a trivia group, it does feel a little bit more like, well, Maybe maybe some people will notice or maybe there's a little bit more of a relationship aspect to it. Um, And Mm. then he noted that for better or worse, the presence of alcohol also puts people at ease (laughs) and kind of takes their anxiety away and gives them a reason to show up. (laughs) Yeah. I mean that's –
1: there's some of that – a lot of these gatherings involve some type of mind-altering substance, which (laughs) we're not saying is an inherently bad thing but can be – misleading as to the type of community but that's such an interesting thought too because that's been my experience as well uh even within sort of you know this i guess is a bit of a tangent for this specific episode but i think yeah the getting people to come to church or getting people to come to even like a an art show or something like that it's like this that they feel higher stakes Mm. so there's this like you know, it'd be the same of like, uh, you know, trying to start a Bible study or like a men's spiritual group <laughs> or whatever. And it's like immediately, you know, no, yeah. it's going to change that. You know, I'm not saying there aren't men who are interested in that um, specifically, but it's like the smoke night is a lot more accessible for a lot of people for mm-hmm. that exact same reason. It's low stakes. It's, it's there every week but it's also i think it's a similar dynamic where i think you're gonna you're much more likely to get a sorry i can't make it to smoke night than you are to get a sorry i can't make it to church and so it's mm-hmm. such a fascinating like what what is in in our minds and what we've been taught with regards to spirituality and you know again i i kind of clump a lot of the artistic uh world into some of this too of like transcendence it's like this thing that reaches beyond ourselves, this thing that I think all of us as humans actually need and long for, that's mm-hmm. what community is, is a connecting on a deeper level, yeah. um, sharing the, the, the vulnerabilities and the, the longings, the desires, the fears, all of that part of it. But especially in at least my experience with the church world, it's very prescriptive and sort of formulaic Again, this is there's so many other podcast episodes we could do on all of these topics, but I've been thinking our church is going through a series right now on discipleship, and uh, my pastor had said something this past week when he was talking about discipleship, where you know he had somebody come up to him and be like, "What's the what's your formula? What's your you know what are you doing for discipleship?" And he mm. his sort of response was. You, you probably don't want to talk to me because I think that any of these things, any sort of like formal whatever actually starts to get away from what true discipleship is. Mm. This this is my rearticulation of, of his sentiment, but it's something I share as well of like, the moment that you codify discipleship, the moment that you create a system out of it, you yeah. are no longer doing discipleship.
0: The moment you call it discipleship night. The
1: moment you call it discipleship, <laughs> you are not doing discipleship. It's the, the great irony of it all is like, yeah. what is discipleship? It's like literally living life together and investing in a full sense like showing up as an entire human being which means a fair amount of it is going to be trivia nights and smoke nights and uh, doing dishes and changing diapers and all of this other stuff that Mm -hmm. that actually is sacred those things actually are transcendent and sometimes even more transcendent because they're more connected to us as humans Mm. Um, not inherently but just how we engage with it because I think that the church can and should be another place like trivia night, that is a place that you want to be. It isn't high stakes in the traditional sense of, you know, this lofty, whatever. It's a very human space. It's a very welcome and warm and enjoyable space to be in. And I think for a lot of people, uh, it, it hasn't been that. And so there's again, a whole podcast episode mm. on why that is, but I just, I, yeah, I just feel like there's so much to think about with regards mm. to that is transcendence high stakes. You know, yeah. and and have we done something wrong there to to almost put it on a top shelf? If that makes yeah. sense.
0: Yeah, he said, and I'm still trying to think about what exactly this means. But something that he said was, it, it's important for him to show people that he will be high stakes for them, and that makes them show up for the low stakes stuff. Like it's like I hmm. I want to show you that I. I will be there for you in in something that's a bigger deal than this, like a bigger deal than just showing up for trivia. But mm. also I can just be here for trivia. And that's all that is really you know, required of you. Mm. Um, he yeah, also we said- We need to
1: have him on because I'm like having all sorts of thoughts yeah, it's in as to your, what you're telling me he said.
0: <laughs> the, the final point that he made was that he's kind of learned in doing church and in doing things outside of church that- People don't like constant change and entertainment as much as hmm. you might think that they do. He's he's an Enneagram 3 and like, or no, is he a 4? Probably Wing 3. But he's, anyway, he's, he's quite a, someone with a lot of like big ideas. He'll, he likes to put on a big thing and he's kind of had to, discover that even though he has all these different daring ideas for like church services that break the norm every week and like this is you know we're going to do this special thing this week and, and you know change the formula this week and do that he found that quickly people were getting exhausted with that and mm. that people do kind of cling to and like some semblance of a regular rhythm and routine that they can rest within rather than being kind of constantly stimulated with the new kind of stuff which which i mm. thought was also interesting i i Debbie and I have been having for the past month or so since we've moved into our new place, we've been doing weekly Friday dinners at our house. And it's been sort of, again, in that kind of same vein as your song sharing nights or in the same vein as maybe trivia nights, like this weekly Friday thing that we have been able to invite people to and be like, hey, we do this every Friday and you can come and, you know. If you can't make it this Friday, you can come next Friday. And so what we do is we cook at six and then we eat at seven. And so people are invited to come and help us cook the meal. And then we eat Hmm. at seven. If you can't make it for six, you can still come at seven. You can drop in later if you want. And then we just kind of hang out and eat together. And maybe sometimes we've decided to watch a movie at the end of the night or something like that. But we've already found and maybe, you know, as we keep doing it, maybe attendance will drop off. (laughs) (laughs) or maybe it'll grow. Like, actually, every week that we've done it, we've had had kind of a different group of people that has showed up that's been, Mm. yeah, just lots of different people that we've invited and kind of made a point to be like, hey, you should come this week. But it's been cool to see just people be able to rest in that sense of like, nothing is required of you. Just show Mm -hmm. up and this is, you know, just be with us. And the thing that I was thinking about with that was, I don't know. There, there's so many things that I've learned from it. One is that if people are if, – if people have the sense that there's like a low-stakes task that they can help with, not like a big job but just something like helping us chop vegetables, they'll show up and be like, hey, I'll, I'll help cook the meal. you know. And, and so mm. there is a sense of like actually asking something of people but not asking too much. Mm. And then I think there's another element of – and this is where I – I found this to be the case – this is one of the things that's like shined for me as we've been editing this LaBrie documentary that we're making, which if you don't know, LaBrie is a place in England where we da, 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 go listen to another another episode where we <laughs> talked about it. But in the documentary that we're making, there's been a strong sense of one of the values of LaBrie is that at every meal, you are expected to be there. Like at breakfast, you're expected to be there. And people notice if you don't show up to breakfast and someone will come and find you if you're not at breakfast. And at mm. first, that can feel quite like restrictive and like, oh, God, they won't let me go do my own thing. I don't want breakfast this morning or something. But eventually, it kind of becomes like, oh, they they notice when I'm not there. Like that mm. that's meaningful. And something that I have felt as we've been inviting people over to our house for dinner has been treating people like I, I don't want them there because I want something out of them mm. or because I need something from them. I I want them to know that I want them there because I just want them. Like, I like you and I want you to be there because I I like your presence in this room and I think you'll add something to dinner tonight. And so you're expected. And if you say you're coming, I'm expecting you to come and we're making a meal for a certain number of people, assuming that you will be part of that number. And so, you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting, even in relationship to that creativity thing of like, you know, getting people to show up because you need their help on a creative project and that sort of thing. And that there's merit to that and complexity to that. But I do think that people start to feel mixed things when they feel hmm. as though they're they're only being asked to come because you need something from them or, or they're being used or you need their their skill. Whereas we've hmm. had so many people show up and so many people feel really grateful to just have dinner together and i think part of that is just the feeling that it's like hey we just want you to be there we don't need you to and and it's a it's a gift economy thing too so like we're not asking you to bring food it's not a potluck we don't need you to bring money to pay for the meal just come have a meal with us and if you show up early you can chop some vegetables and i mm. think that's i don't know it, it's it's been effective so far but we'll see how it goes
1: <laughs> yeah i mean there's oh man just the the whole not yeah not being seen only for what you can do not being mm. valued only because of what you bring to the table and again my you know my mind is always thinking just in regards to like the church world and why in theory at least the way that we talk about ourselves as christians in our in our christian communities we we should be the experts on this we should have we should be where everybody goes to understand what is community and how do you help each other and how do you care for each other and I don't think we're doing the greatest of job at this and I don't know that we're doing any worse than anyone else, but it's like but we pride ourselves on this thing that um... mm. and the other another thought too I, I had when you were talking about your youth pastor is um, realizing like there's actually this common complaint again within the church world. I, I, I critique it because I love it and I know it so <laughs> well. and I know that this is something that is not true for all churches of all time and is also not that other communities don't struggle with this. but, a lot of churches tend to be really good at showing up in high stakes moments. So, mm. that is part of the, you know, a um, number of years ago, we had a, a miscarriage and it was like our church showed up with food and, you mm. know, checking in and in some of that. And that's been kind of the, you know, you have a baby, you have a surgery, there's uh, this website called Meal Train where people can sign up and yes. bring over yeah. food and all that stuff. But what happens is that, generally speaking, this sort of system of church or these these communities, like, we're actually really bad at showing up in low stakes. Hmm. And so then the high stakes show up, when people show up, when there's a tragedy it or, a or something, yeah. it, it, it doesn't land as well as time goes on, where mm. you start to be like, yeah, but do you actually, is this just because you feel bad for me? Like, so it's a pity thing of like, man, it sucks that you lost that baby. So here's some food and then you leave and you're like, I don't know how to. And it's like, that's not what Mm. we actually need. I mean, it's not that obviously we deeply appreciate that, the care and the tangibility, but it's like. What actually made it helpful and meaningful was it was a friend who was showing up in other ways that actually had nothing to do directly with the church. We knew this person Mm. or these people from the church. That's how we'd met them. But it's like our relationships had more to it than just you're showing up with a box of food. It was also, you know, getting coffee. And so it's that that's the low stakes, right? That makes the high stakes actually more helpful and sustainable. Where now, you know, okay, you can be, anybody can be there for the funeral, but now what? Now I live my life with this emptiness, with this uh, gap, and everybody else feels like they move on. That's a common experience for people Mm. to be like, and again, I think it's more acute with a, a church context where we pride ourselves on we are, you know, we're this community and we're, you know, chosen by God to do this amazing work in the world. Yeah, that seems like I don't know if I want to be around you when you're sad, you know? So mm. there's like this disconnect, I think, of... And again, I, it's, I'm not saying that it's... Like, there's good reasons why we're afraid or we're reluctant to enter into the mess of other people's lives is because, well, one, we don't know what to say or do. Some of us are like, like for me especially, I don't want to say something stupid. I don't want to be the the unhelpful thing that pushes them away. Mm. But a lot of it, too, is I'm afraid that I might reveal myself as being messy because being around messy people has a tendency to bring up the mess in yourself. And so anyway, it's just a a lot of reflections on sort of that like, man, it's it's actually essential. It's not just helpful, nice and good, but it's actually essential to cultivate low stakes community, to Mm. cultivate these dinners where you, I love that idea of like six o'clock, if you want to chop vegetables, we would love to have you. But it's not like a you chop the vegetables so that you can eat. It's not yeah. a you know exchange. Seven o'clock. If you want a meal, you show up. Uh, you know, eight nine o'clock. If you want a movie, you show up. It's like how do you you know it, there is a little bit of that show up how you want to, but you're actually inviting them into more than just and this is I want to talk a little bit about this aspect of it that sometimes what we'll do is we'll put on a show, even in our hospitality, yes. yeah. right? Yeah. So it's, so you don't invite them over to clean and chop vegetables. Mm. You invite them over when the quote unquote event starts. And that actually can short circuit the, the process of genuine community. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wanna talk a little bit about just like the, the role that motivation and mindset plays in the experience of good and bad examples of, of event planning and, and, and getting people to come. I don't know. I think that would be a really interesting part of the conversation here.
0: Yeah. I, I can't remember if I said it. I feel like I did say it in one of our early episodes, maybe. But there, there's a quote that I love from a writer who used to work at Labrie who said that, um, you know, the, the goal when they invite people to dinner at Labrie or when, you know, you're coming to anything at Labrie is not to entertain people or to put on a show for them. It's simply to include them in what you're already doing. And I've I've found that to be quite a compelling quote because it's just like, I don't know, I I think there's so much community that doesn't happen because people feel like they have to put on a show and they're not ready Mm. for that. I I grew up, one of my best friends growing up, his mom, I, I like literally he's my best friend, never been to his house more than like maybe five times. Because his mom always was like, the house isn't ready for to have guests over. It's too messy. There's no way, you know, we could have guests over like this, you know. Mm-hmm. And so my house kind of became the de facto, like, we would always hang out at my house, even when my house was a terrible disaster. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and you know, it was always kind of known that, like, my friend could show up and we'd just hang out, even if there was clothes all over the floor and my sister's stuff and everything, you know. And I never got to really even have a chance to get to know his family as well as he knew mine. Because they, hmm. you know, his mom was was so much like I just I, I'm not ready to have guests over right now, and she's the sweetest person. And I, you know, the few times that I went to his house, it was great, and I I was like, I wish that I'd gotten to come hmm. here more. But I think there is this sense of like standard that we have that uh, that you know keeps us from just inviting people into our space, and that's kind of the thing that I don't know. I think that also plays into the the specificity and regularity of. Of these events is like the fact that we're doing this every Friday means that we kind of have to make it work no matter mm. what and and, and we're kind of committed to doing it every Friday even if you know I mean provided like as long as we are not out of town we will do it every Friday that's kind of the commitment that we've made and like two weeks ago one of the people that we live with was having a band practice on Friday night because she was about to go on tour and so we were like, should we cancel it? Should we move it? And then we were like, you know what? No, let's let's still have it. And we're going to have it out on the back porch, even though the drums inside were so loud, like the loudest drums. And we gave people headphones to go inside when they had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but we were like, let's have it. And we can feed her band. Her band can come out and have dinner when they're not practicing. And people can still come over. And then it started to thunderstorm. And so we were, luckily we were under a covered porch on the back porch. But so we're, there's a loud band practicing inside and we're out on the back porch with a thunderstorm going on and under this covered thing. But it was lovely. Like it was like hmm. cozy and we were all kind of crowded together. We brought out blankets and we were kind of cozy eating taco salad together. We had candles outside. I brought some tea and we were all warm, even though it was raining. And I was just like... That morning, Debbie and I had been like, should we cancel this? Like, it feels like Mm. it might rain and there's going to be a band practice. It seems like the factors are working against us. And then we did it. And in that moment, I was like, I'm so happy that we made this work and we just Mm. did it anyway. And that's kind of given me courage now to be like, all right, I think we're just going to do this no matter what and and Mm. see who shows up. And if it's one person, I'm okay with that. But there's a sense of like the value in that consistency and commitment to mm. inviting people into a space even when it's not gonna be the perfect ideal conditions every week.
1: Or even, I would say, especially when it's not going to be ideal. Because uh, again, I yeah. might have said this before on the podcast, but we've found that when you invite someone over and your house is not is not clean, that our the response that we've gotten more consistently is like, oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> That your house looks like mine mm. maybe i could also have people over so it actually opened like so much of it is just a lack of imagination we don't have experience with these things but it's like the moment you say something as specific and tangible as sitting on a back porch with a thunderstorm on one side and a band practice on the other <laughs> cozying up around cups of tea and taco salad and i'm like i want to be there right now that sounds so <laughs> Bizarrely wonderful, it, because of the specificity and like, what a share, what a wonderful shared memory that wouldn't be what it is, and not have even for me. It's like now it almost feels like a memory that I have because <laughs> mm. it was so tangible, because of its limitations. So it's actually leaning into the beauty of the limitations. I you know referenced this a little bit earlier of like again, I would I've had a number of events. We'll I'll try to do house concerts and um, different things in our house. Um, and some of that's just out of necessity of we have kids that we have to put to bed and I want my wife to be able to participate in things I'm doing as well. And so let's just host it right here. And the the quote unquote downside of that is, yeah, you, you're you inviting people into a space that they're not used to being in. We don't go into each other's houses as mm. often as maybe we used to. And so there there is this, you know, this is what I wanted to kind of touch just briefly on at the end of the podcast here is what is our motivation? What is our mindset about these things? Because it, if you pay enough attention, like I've worked at a, a number of different churches, I've done events, you know, all across the scale, whether they're personal events. You know, I did a premiere showing for my film that I uh, right here in Rhinelander that you know the room was full, and then I did another premiere showing in Minneapolis, and the room was anything but, you know. And so it's like all across, the, and I actually did one showing where zero people showed up, Oof. and that was that was fun. But it's like if you're putting your value and your identity into the quote-unquote success and if you're Mm. measuring success by uh, how many people showed up or how good of a time people had or whatever or how perfectly everything went, when you put your identity in that, even when it goes well, you will feel empty. Mm. Even when it's successful, you will be like, "I, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. But when you shift your mentality about what this is for and why, and, and it becomes less about, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this because, you know, that, that's the other thing, too. I think I mentioned the benefactor syndrome. That's mm. what I call it. When you're just like, look, you know, look at all, this things, all these things I do for you. You know, are you going to kind of say thank you or are you going <laughs> to? Yeah. Uh, so there's this like unhealthy relationship of mm. uh, almost like, an overdeveloped sense of servitude and just like, I'm I'm doing this for you or I'm doing this for God or whatever, that you become resentful um, when you don't get the the thanks that you feel like you deserve or or people don't show up. It becomes very personal, even though a lot of the times people they forgot, they've got way too much going on in their lives. They really wanted to be there, but they couldn't and they just never got around to telling you that. Like it's it's very rarely a personal I don't want, I don't like that person or I don't want to mm. be a part of this thing. And so a big part of doing this well, unfortunately, just means don't be afraid of rejection. Don't be afraid of people not showing up. You're not going to get very far. Like a consistency is a part of it. You know, again, as I mentioned Mm. earlier, my friend was like, I think you're really good at this. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm good at it. I think I just keep doing it. And you've been to the ones where people showed up because you were one of the people that showed (laughs) up when when that happened. Mm. And so I think there is something to, for sure, size doesn't matter, right? The, The one person showing up my 73 year old friend who now is one of my best better friends here in, in town because he would come to stuff because he could, but he also he doesn't have any family local and so there's a sense where he also wants some of this community and this mm. chance to develop relationships and me saying you know not putting up barriers to that because oh other people didn't show up or oh you're in a different generation or you don't believe like I do or you don't have blah, 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 you know there's all these reasons that we cut off relationship from each other mm. without realizing it and instead just being like man I'm just leaning into this and it's been so beautiful and so wonderful and so I think there is this like reevaluate what you're why you're going into it, um, because if you're trying to find your value, and and somehow like m- I matter because people showed up to the thing that I created, mm. good luck. Like you're gonna that's a, a world of hurt. Um, mm. But again, this is gift economy. So we have another okay. episode, uh, episode five, I think, yeah. um, on gift economy that we talk a lot more about this of like give out of love, not out of obligation or expectation. Um, Well, and isn't it,
0: isn't it weird how, or isn't it lovely how like those gifts kind of, eventually you kind of start to lose track of who's the giver and who's the receiver Mm -hmm. in certain Mm -hmm. things. Like, I feel like we've had numerous people kind of say, I mean, you know, we've only done this for a month, but we've had people say, oh, thank you so much for dinner tonight. Like, I'm so thankful that you made dinner for us. And we're like, you helped to make the dinner. I feel like you made dinner for us, you know? (laughs) And then there's also a sense of like people being like, thank you for providing this community. And Debbie and I are like, look, we we just want community. Thanks for coming. Like, and so there's a sense of like, you are giving us a gift by showing up, even if maybe we're also giving you a gift by allowing the space for that. And we just kind of want friends. And and that mm. ultimately then also does bring in that sense of like, and you are wanted. Like we want mm. you there because we like you and we want you to be around. And I think that does give people a little bit more of a desire to come. That's I, Debbie and I have started going to a new church in the past few months. And one of the things that has kept me going is like, I, I met someone there who had known me from Twitter before. And I was like, mm. oh, wow, I can't believe you go to church here. And then we kind of have, have become friends. And now every Sunday I'm like, he, he wants me to be there. He's looking forward to Mm. talking to me after church. And so I should probably go, you know, and Mm. that's not my entire motivation for going, but it is a thing that like gets me out of the door in the morning being like, Hey, I'm wanted. Someone wants Mm. to talk to me. And I think that's just such a, that can only happen when you do get rid of that like benefactor mode or get mm. rid of that sort of i am doing this special thing for you please show up so that you can gain the the gift and wisdom that i will bestow mm. like it's like no i i just want friends and community and i like you come over <laughs> mm. <laughs> let's just and be so honest about sometimes, it you know yeah. and and uh, yeah the yeah.
1: Uh, another practical piece just to and then, I, uh, you know, I would love to hear other people's thoughts on this, too. But but spe- specific invites, like that's, the, you know, the blanket yep. text, that type of stuff. There's a reason that doesn't work. So kind of uh, for me, I think I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. Swallow your pride and send the text <laughs> to an individual <laughs> that says, and, you know, you can copy paste, but personalize, right? Like, mm. I'm doing this thing. I would love it. Would you be a- able to attend or whatever? That's going to go a lot farther. And it's it's scary because then you're putting yourself more in the way of rejection, of some, mm. somebody saying no to you, to your faith. Yeah. But in the long run, I think it'll be far more healthy and helpful. And then you are not just looking to fill the space with numbers and bodies, but you are thinking practically about, I want you here. Mm. And so I'll put this back out to our listeners again. Um, so far, we haven't quite gotten the uh, level of dialogue that I hope we can grow into as far as every topic that we talk about every time we do a podcast i'm like i genuinely just want mm. other people to tell me yeah. what they think and send so, an
0: audio message to speakpipe.com/artwithinpod within. be the first
1: one i, I don't <laughs> know if we've actually had anybody send one but um, we had that yeah, one you could be one audio message from camilla one. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so be be a part, be a part of the change you want to see in the world but no it's like i i uh, we genuinely love the input that's why we put the questions out it's not just to generate content for the podcast. Mm. Um, it's actually like, man, and I've had some great conversations with, you know, I didn't actually tell you all of the the dialogue that I've had with some friends as a result of asking these questions. It's like, we're all thinking about it. We'll let, let's dialogue. So please, please reach out to us with any of your thoughts. We would be very, very appreciative yeah. um, just to, to get other people weighing in on some of these things. Because, yeah, as you can hear, we've tried uh, and found some success, Houston and I here, but... Clearly, we don't know what we're talking about and we haven't quite figured out, unlocked all of the mysteries of getting Mm. people to show up to stuff. So if you have more wisdom or thoughts or reflections to share with us, we would really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. If you would like to subscribe on Substack, that is artwithin.substack.com, which is uh, one of the better ways to stay in touch as it comes directly to your inbox. Also, yes, you can send audio to speakpipe.com slash artwithin uh, speakpipe.com slash artwithinpod yeah <laughs> um, and and it's you don't even need an account to send an audio message to us it's super easy so that would be a fun thing to play on the next episode uh, but yeah stay tuned for the discussion questions and everything I've heard recently that if you review the podcast positively on various platforms like whatever iTunes and, and Spotify it helps somehow I don't know what that means. I don't know if we want it to like grow in the algorithm yeah. or whatever. Do but, we want you know, Spotify's help? I don't know. <laughs> if if you feel like it, I guess maybe that's a good thing. Uh it's true. Anyway, I thanks mean, for being in here general guys.
1: Yeah, in general, I think it's it's helpful just to hear your reflections on are are these conversations helpful to you? What are yeah. things that you would like us to talk about? Because otherwise it does feel like you're just speaking into mm. the void and and we're okay with that, you know? You have to be okay with that, but we also love-
0: I've enjoyed um, the consistency of committing to do an episode of this every week just to have a conversation you with you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so at the very least, we're having a good time with it, but we also love to, to hear from you as well. So I think uh, I think that's a good place to stop.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Well, we'll see you guys next week.